Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. Trump needed just four hours and 25 minutes to violate the terms of his bail. Lock him up. Trump was granted pretrial release on $200,000 bond in Atlanta at 3.30 p.m. yesterday. And at 7.55 p.m. yesterday, he violated the terms of that bail. And now let's see what Fulton County Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee is made out of. Item four. The defendant shall perform no act to intimidate any person known to him or her to be a co-defendant or witness in this case or otherwise obstruct the administration of justice. This shall include but is not limited to the following. Then in paragraph E, the above shall include but are not limited to posts on social media or reposts of posts made by another individual on social media, unquote. He didn't even make it four and a half hours. Confirming CNN's report that he will be booked in Atlanta on Thursday, Trump called the prosecutor a, quote, radical left district attorney who is overseeing one of the greatest murder and violent crime disasters in American history. She campaigned and is continuing to campaign and raise money on this witch hunt. 
This is in strict coordination with Biden's DOJ. It is all about election interference, unquote, none of which is true and all of which is an attempt to obstruct the administration of justice and was made via, quote, posts on social media or reposts of posts and which should be greeted Thursday by the booking officers at Rice Street Jail in Atlanta and an order from Judge McAfee to detain him, period. Trouble? Afterwards, Lindsey Graham's riots in the street, Trump's own threat of death and destruction, the countless bleatings of the sheep like Trump whores like Tim Poole about civil war. I'll just quote another Trump flunky, Jeffrey Clark. That's why there's an insurrection act. Trump is now out on bail in three different states and the District of Columbia. He has certainly violated the terms of that bail with his spasm of threats against Judge Chutkin and Special Counsel Smith in D.C. Now, he has certainly violated the terms of that bail in Georgia. And soon or late, the remaining sane people in this country are going to have to reestablish the rule of law or to call it by the name that Trump and his cult actually perceive it to be, the rule of being afraid they will get caught and sent to prison. We are going to have to take the action without fear of taking the consequences, or the very meaning of law itself in this nation will not just be erased, but it will be rendered impossible to restore for decades to come. I mean, Judge McAfee put Trump-specific language in that bail document, and Trump specifically spat all over it. And if this is not clear-cut enough, that post about Fonnie Willis is hardly his first. It was hardly his first just from yesterday, and it can be read as a continuation of what he had posted in the morning before the deal, in which he called her crooked and incompetent, and in support of impeaching her, and in support of this six-toed state senator's stunt to call for a special session to impeach her, in nearly the same breath in which he gave voice to his delusion that the defendants in that case, including Trump, are somehow facing, quote, lethal injection. There is nothing new about Americans or American businessmen or American rich people or American politicians who have excelled at evading and erasing the law. Trump did not invent any of this. But he did open the Pandora's box in which the entire ethos of a political party could begin to rest on the premise that not just the laws do not apply to them, but that the government, the liberals, the Democrats, that they would not dare to try to enforce those laws against them. Behind that, of course, is the Trumpist, fascist, MAGA, Republican Party conviction that Democrats and peace officers, for whom politics is not an excuse for corruption and malfeasance, they would not dare to try to enforce those laws because Trump's mob has all that firepower. That was the underlying premise behind January 6th, and that was the underlying premise behind the poll watchers two months prior, and that was the underlying premise at Charlottesville, and that was the underlying premise at every MAGA Klan rally and every Trump event and every one-quarter step towards the abyss of 21st century America as one giant, continuous, unending Wild West cliche of rule by vigilantism and violence. It has been far too long 
since the bullies on whose backs Trump has risen to his sleazy, slovenly power have gotten the crap kicked out of them by the laws and the law keepers of the United States of America. It is more than just eight years of Trump in the spotlight. This has been building since before Oklahoma City and before Waco. It has been building ever since a large swath of our media and our clergy and our politicians began to stop trying to fix stupidity in their constituencies and started instead trying to encourage it. We are surrounded on all sides by the idiocracy. I was looking for one of those threats of Trumpian civil war as I sat down to write this when up popped the always jarring list of what the search engine thinks are related searches and, well, the first one, Second American Civil War 2024, as if that were not disturbing enough, the one after that was, in a way, far more horrifying. Quote, what to do if a civil war breaks out? Like Google was going to tell you to make three TikTok videos, stock up on batteries and Netflix and chill. Imagine there are people actually asking that question. Because the top answer provided to them is, quote, the first one is stay in your home. And the other one is to move to the safest location. Wow, thanks. I hadn't thought of those. My own home, you say? Any particular room? The problem is that that would probably seem like sophisticated advice to thousands, maybe millions of Americans. And once again, as has happened off and on for 13 or I think more correctly 14 years, I have been greeted by a memory of part of a speech or an interview that I heard Lindsey Graham give before he went crazy. I have never found a recording of this, nor a story online, not even in the C-SPAN archives. I think it might have been on C-SPAN, and I have looked periodically because when I have sought to grasp the moment that at least I realized a vast minority or maybe even a slim majority of this country had jumped the social studies shark, it was when I heard Graham tell this story and his tone of astonishment and despair and deep personal loss. They were exactly right. And they constituted just about the last time I agreed with him on anything. Thus, I am recalling this from memory. It was, I'm sure, in 2009, I believe in late summer, after the disputed vote over Al Franken's election in Minnesota had finally been resolved, and Graham said that as the Tea Party burgeoned in South Carolina, he had conducted a town hall in one of its major cities. There, after he somehow got them to stop booing and hooting and mooing at him, he took questions. And the questions were worse than the booing. Someone rose and indignantly asked Graham why the hell he was trying to negotiate with them Democrats and find them bipartisan agreements. Graham said he stared at the questioner and then said something like, let me ask you something. How many senators are there in total? How many people in the Senate? Silence. A room 
of two or 300 people interested enough to have come to a senator's town hall to have involved themselves in something called the Tea Party. How many senators are there? Nobody had an answer. Finally, somebody in the back, Graham said, meekly muttered, A hundred? Graham said, Good. At least one of you knows. Now let me ask you another question. How many of those hundred are Republicans like me? Graham said the answers came much quicker this time, and they were all too large. He heard 75 and 80 and 65 and 100 and every number in between. Wrong, he told them. There are 40 Republicans and 60 Democrats. And he said what he heard next sounded like the rush of air when a large balloon is popped, followed by genuine, pained expressions of disbelief. There are 40 Republicans. Technically, there's only 58 Democrats, but the other two are independents who vote with the Democrats. We are the minority party, everybody. Gasps, shock. Somebody shouted, you got to stop that, Graham. He explained that they had all been elected in the other states. More gasps. Not everybody in that room knew that that was how it worked. This was the starting point. These were the politically active people of South Carolina. These were presumably those who had voted for Lindsey Graham, and they did not know how many senators there were, and they did not know that their party was not the majority, and many of them did not know how senators got to be senators. And they did not know what they also did not know. I joke frequently here about the baseline of stupidity among Trump supporters, but as always, it is far, far worse than we could possibly imagine. There is a reason that they lose their minds over football players kneeling during the national anthem or politicians not wearing flag lapel pins. It is because those are the only things they know about America. They've heard about the Revolutionary War, but it wasn't about actual tyrannical government by a king who was so far removed from this land that he might as well have been ruling from the moon. The Revolutionary War was about overthrowing a government you didn't like and being allowed to shoot and kill people. And the American government is there to do what you personally need. Nothing else. Nothing for anybody you don't know. Nothing for anybody you don't look like. And when the elections turn out against you, you simply refuse to go along with them because you have been told for the whole of your life that the Democrats are foreigner alien communists and Americans are Republicans. And that was 14 years ago. And you saw how that turned out. Like so many other weak, vacillating, lazy, greedy men, Lindsey Graham stopped trying to teach South Carolina how many senators there were and which party had 50% more of them than the other one did. He stopped 
paying attention to the danger that Trump presented and started recognizing only the magic that was in Trump's ability to gain power for all who swore fealty to him, at least at first. Lindsey Graham forgot. Trump's supporters forgot. There are laws. Break them. To hell with you. And it is goddamned time that we remind Lindsey Graham and those people in that crowd and every other crowd in which stupidity is king, we remind them that whatever they think and whatever they want, if they break the law, their asses are going to prison. And the opportunity to do this this week falls to a judge named Scott McAfee. You wrote it, Judge, and Trump already broke it. He's already going to be in your jail on Thursday, Judge. Keep his ass there. Enforce the goddamned law. A couple of other headlines. It ain't a declaration of war per se, but Rupert Murdoch took a surprisingly powerful shot at Trump last night. He's not going to the debate to be televised by folks tomorrow night. Then neither are his surrogates. Trump was going to send Junior and whatever happened to baby Jane Gilfoyle and Matt Gates and Byron Donalds and Carrie Lake with the weather to flood the post-debate spin room in Milwaukee, and Fox has now banned them. And Carrie Lake with the weather, Rock wrote on sports. Earlier, Murdoch's Wall Street Journal editorial board hit Trump, too, and Tucker Carlson. Remember Tucker Carlson? WSJ blasted Trump for doing an interview not the debate, and said Carlson was not actually going to be there to interview him, just to be there to endorse Trump's backwards views of January 6th and Ukraine. Wall Street Journal editorial board. Trump continues to show signs of weakness in the polling in Iowa. He's lapping the field in the Des Moines Register poll. However, at 42%, DeSantis is not even close at 19 or look at it the other way. Three out of five Iowans do not support Trump, and a third of those who do, a third, are open to a different candidate. A new National Emerson poll has it Trump 56, DeSantis 10, Ramaswamy 10, and then in the election, Emerson has it 44-44. Unless you throw in a third-party candidate, in which case it is Trump 42, Biden 39, Swift, eight. Swift. Taylor Swift. Actually, I'm shocked it's only 8% for Taylor Swift. And back to where we started. $200,000 bond for Trump, which is hilariously stupid. And they're not taking his passport. Maybe that could be an interim step here if somebody is still afraid to put him in jail tomorrow. Yeah. Take his passport. Shot across the bow. John Eastman also has to repeatedly check in with Atlanta authorities. And if this ever happens to you, you may want to rethink your personal code. John Eastman had to ask for a postponement in his California disbarment hearing so 
he could instead go to his Georgia bail hearing. <laughs> also of interest here, those photos of Tropical Storm Hillary. Well, that was the maiden name. It's now post-Tropical Storm Hillary. Those photos of the storm hitting L.A. so bad it flooded Dodger Stadium. I tweeted them, except they aren't real. No flood at Dodger Stadium. And there was one huge, obvious detail right in the middle that we all missed. I'm sorry. I'll explain. That's next. This is Countdown. Hey guys, LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrified horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a toyota truck you buy toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit Visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann.
This is Sports Center. Wait, check that. Not anymore. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. In sports, no, Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles did not flood. I saw the picture. Four friends of mine sent it to me. I tweeted it. I'm not casting stones here, but Dodger Stadium did not flood. Not only did the images taken from a helicopter make it look like the low-level, nearly below-ground-level parking lots beyond center field at Dodger Stadium were under several feet of water, but that there was even some flooding in the home plate parking lots, which are literally several stories higher than the ones in the outfield. Optical illusion, explained the Los Angeles Times photographer Robert Gautier. It was just reflected light off very wet surfaces. Gautier says the same reflection occurred after a minor storm in 2005 and photographs were taken then and it looks like it's under 20 feet of water then too. He was over the stadium yesterday morning, Gautier says, and it was completely dry and the tell is obvious in retrospect once you think about it, though the parking lots look inundated in the photos, the playing field doesn't even look wet, which is impossible. Nancy Faust and Robert Redford. Dateline New York, the ever-popular New York Knicks just got even more beloved. The basketball franchise has sued a former employee who was hired away by the Toronto Raptors, and the Raptors and their head coach have also been sued, and their player development coach has been sued. The Knicks claim that when he left the club, their ex-employee took scouting reports with him. He stole play frequency reports, a prep book, a link to third-party licensed software, thousands of proprietary files, and the new Toronto employers told him to access them and feed the New York information into their system. The main complication in this suit for the Knicks, who last won the NBA title in 1973 and only finished higher than fourth in their conference once this century, the main complication in the otherwise strong Knicks lawsuit will be to convince a jury that any other professional basketball team would want to use their scouting and player development methods. And Dateline Columbus, Ohio, Gannett newspapers are experimenting with artificial intelligence to write some game stories, especially high school sports game stories. The first results are not, um, uh, not, uh, what is the word? Well, don't ask AI. It certainly doesn't know that many of them. Let me just read this one from the Columbus Dispatch. High school hyphenated. Westerville North escapes Westerville Central in thin win in Ohio high school football action by lead AI. The Westerville North Warriors defeated the Westerville Central Warhawks 21-12 in an Ohio high school football game on Friday. 
So far, so good. Westerville North edged Westerville Central 21-12 in a close encounter of the athletic kind at Westerville North High on August 18 in Ohio football action. I think you said that in the first paragraph. Westerville North opened with a 7-0 advantage over Westerville Central through the first quarter. The Warhawks trimmed the margin to make it 7-6 at halftime. Westerville North jumped to a 21-6 lead heading into the final quarter. The Warriors chalked up this decision in spite of the Warhawks' spirited fourth-quarter performance. Check out our complete boys' football roundup to stay up-to-date on all the action. What's, what is it? I, I'm feeling like something is missing. Oh, I know what's missing from this game story. The names of any of the players involved. Yeesh. Still ahead on Countdown, MSNBC fired Rachel Maddow. No, 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 no. This is not breaking news. This is something that happened in August of 2005. And when they fired her in 2005, they fired her from her job on the MSNBC Tucker Carlson show. No, I'm not kidding. Coming up in things I promise not to tell. First time for the Daily Roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. The bronze... Michael David Fox of Las Cruces, New Mexico. Turns out Mr. Fox made a threat against an unnamed Houston congresswoman in May and has now been charged with a federal crime. He told the representative she was, quote, literally a tranny and a pedophile, and I'm going to put a bullet in your effing face, unquote. Did this in a voicemail. And he did this in a voicemail because these guys have the hearts of assassins, but the intelligence and aim of Squeaky Fromm. Fox explained he determined all this about the congresswoman because he'd made measurements of the congresswoman's skull and he had learned about the world cabal of transgendered people. Sorry, Jewish people, you've been replaced in the cabal by transgendered people. He was just following this online video he saw called Cue the Plan to Save the World. Not sure how we're going to cure these QAnon psychopaths, but we're out of options here if we don't. The runner-up, Howard Kurtz. You may remember him from the days when he did more or less coherent media criticism and media reporting for the Washington Post and CNN and the Daily Beast. It's a decade ago now when CNN and the Daily Beast fired him. The Daily Beast said it was for, quote, serial inaccuracy. Then he went to Fox News where serial inaccuracy is encouraged. Recently, there have been signs that Howard may be trying to get coded messages out of Fox as a hostage might. The latest of them, a tweet that nominally references one of those Fox field propaganda guys who pretends to be an actual news reporter, a guy named Griff Jenkins. Only in the tweet, Kurtz did not write Griff Jenkins. He wrote Griff Jernkins. <laughs> hey, Griff, Griff Jernkins. Howie, if you need us to rescue you, put out another tweet that misspells Jesse Waters' name as Jesse, what the F is wrong with this kidders? We'll be right over. But our winner, Mary Ellen Gerwitz, chair of the Michigan Board of State Canvassers, which has approved a recall petition against State Rep Sharon McDonald. 
She is from Troy. She is a Democrat. The grounds of the recall are that McDonnell voted for a red flag law, a bill that would give courts in Michigan the right to temporarily take guns away from those deemed to present an immediate danger to somebody. It's a bill favored by three out of four Michigan residents, but the Republicans are trying to recall six state representatives in swing districts because they're Democrats and the balance of power is tight. Now, this board rejected the other five recall bids, but Sharon McDonald's was approved. They want her to face recall because of how she voted on a gun bill. No scandal, no not showing up for work, no tawdriness. This was approved in part because while the Republicans on the board of canvassers voted mostly on party lines and the McDonald recall was orchestrated by Republicans, the chair, Ms. Gerwitz, the Democrat, still thinks this is 1965 and bipartisan this and bipartisan that. So she voted with the Republicans and the other Democrat on the board didn't even show up for the meeting. And if you're not going to get serious about this, Ms. Gerwitz, get the hell out. We do bipartisan after we stop the QAnon racism and authoritarianism party. Not before. Mary Ellen Preserve Representative Government, then bipartisan, Gurowitz. Today's worst person in the world! The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Finally, our number one story on the countdown, things I promised not to tell and back to my favorite topic, me. Well, actually, not just me this time. This is an important anniversary for an important TV news show, and I don't mean one of mine. August 3rd, 2007 was, near as I can calculate, the day I first met Rachel Maddow. So August 4th, 2007, 15 years ago, was when I started to push MSNBC to make her a host, specifically the guest host for my show, with an eye towards eventually getting her to host her own show, which would follow mine, which happened almost immediately, just 13 months later. On the other hand, two years earlier than that first meeting, August 8th, 2005, was the day MSNBC had cleverly fired Rachel Maddow. Early in 2007, before MSNBC moved to 30 Rockefeller Center in New York from the charms of the row of factory outlet discount stores in which it had been nestled in in Secaucus, New Jersey, since its inception, my executive producer, Izzy Povich, had walked into my office and asked me if I remembered Rachel Maddow. Of course, isn't she on Carlson's sh I stopped myself. She had been a regular panelist on Tucker Carlson's last non-Nazi TV program, which incongruously aired right after mine at 9 o'clock on MSNBC. Rick Kaplan, then the ex-president of CNN and shortly to be ex-president of MSNBC, had first foisted this repulsive scumbag on us and then asked me to play his liberal foil in all the Carlson pilot shows which Kaplan then demanded. One night it dawned on Kaplan that if he made me Carlson's co-host, he could use our initials and title the show TKO. And as he pitched me the idea, he could not have been happier nor more surprised if he had invented the alphabet himself. When I pointed out to Rick Kaplan that I already had a show and it already took me all goddamn day to do it and I had no desire to add three hours to my schedule nor to ever work with Tucker Carlson, he had the new show's producer Bill Wolf search around for other potential liberal foils. Wolf found two, our old sports colleague Max Kellerman and this Air America radio host Rachel Maddow. Only as Izzy asked me that day if I remembered her did I realize that I had not seen Rachel Maddow in our studios recently in New Jersey. Oh, it's well over a year, she explained. When Tucker's show started to die and they trimmed salary, they had to cut back to just one liberal. They kept Max Kellerman. 
I found that astonishing, even though I had only met Rachel maybe three times in passing, once at Air America's launch party, and we'd interacted superficially for maybe, I don't know, a minute in total. They kept Kellerman over her? Who kept Kellerman? I like Max, but who would keep Kellerman? Izzy Povich was not sure. We both guessed it was Phil Griffin who was basically running the place. Anyway, somebody suggested she would make a good guest on almost anything political, and I interrupted Izzy. God, yes, tonight. Izzy laughed and said, I'll go Booker. Any segment in particular? And I said we should adhere to our usual high and discerning standards. One of the segments we haven't booked a guest for yet will do. Rachel, of course, was erudite, succinct, knowledgeable, compelling, self-deprecating, and she wasn't another guy. We began to book her to talk about pretty much almost anything every week. Soon it became twice a week. She also had fun on TV without overdoing it. The in-house phrase was, she plays. And she played despite the fact that we were always in different studios. We would either throw her into a one-camera room called the Nook, literally converted from a third-floor broom closet at 30 Rock, or we would rent some time at an all-networks live-shot assembly line studio called Media 3, which was a few blocks further downtown. I would remain on the ever-increasingly antiquated Lazy Susan set at MSNBC in Jersey, And as these appearances started, this was when the love letters to her and to us began to show up on the website, The Daily Coast. As the ratings rose that spring and MSNBC's move to New York in October loomed, Phil Griffin had offered me a perk. As long as the viewership totals held, he said I could skip the weary commute to Secaucus on Fridays. I could write the show in my apartment on Central Park South. I could have an early dinner with my cohabitant, Katie Turr, actually in our home. I could walk over to 30 Rock at 7 p.m. and do countdown from that aforementioned nook. This was balm for my soul, until word came down from the office of the director of news for NBC that for some arcane reason the nook had to be rebuilt, and it would be out of commission for like two months. To his credit, Phil Griffin now ponied up. His offer of Jersey Free Friday continued, and he was willing to rent me one of those studios at Media 3, and I could anchor the show from there. Thus did it happen that as I breezed in for the second week in a row to Media 3 at 7.30 on Friday, August 3rd, 2007, and made my way to the makeup room, our now go-to countdown guest, Rachel Maddow, was already sitting in the chair. As mentioned previously, we had met before in passing. We had not met since she had become a regular. She rose instantly and unnecessarily, and as she did and we exchanged pleasantries, I noticed she had one sheet of paper in her hand. It had clearly been computer printed. There was a line or two of text at the top of the page, then about half a sheet's worth of words written by hand. And then there was a second line of computer printed text and another half sheet of longhand. And the back of the paper had the same format. I can read upside down. I mean, I can read a paper or a book when the paper or book is upside down. It's one of my few parlor tricks. It took only a few seconds for me to realize that the computer printed lines of text were the questions I had composed for Rachel's segment that night. Then in her excellent penmanship were the answers to those questions. It looked for all the world 
like a high school or college short essay exam page. Four short questions and four half-page answers. My astonishment was completely organic. What's that? Rachel was embarrassed. Oh, I just, sorry, I just, she hid the sheet behind her back. I just do some prep for the show. It's my prep sheet. I don't read from it on the air or anything, but I like to write everything down longhand because it helps me organize my thoughts. And I, I like to have it in front of me in the studio in case I interrupted her now and said, in case you freeze or you get interrupted or distracted by the idiot host. I pulled from my pocket four folded up pages of my own on which I had printed handwritten notes for each of the scheduled interviews. I said, I find it's writing it by hand that really helps here. It's, I think it's some sort of memory trick. Her gasp of astonishment turned into a warm laugh. She and I used the same TV shortcut without knowing it. Now something else popped into my head. I said, you do realize you are more prepared for your four-minute segment than I am for the entire damn show, right? She laughed again, and I waved my folded crib notes. You do realize that nobody does this except you and me? It's lack of confidence meets paranoia meets fear that you'll forget your good lines. I squinted at her as the thought came to me. Have you ever thought of hosting one of these shows? Rachel suddenly drew her head back as if evading a right cross. What? No, I couldn't. I said, we haven't had a good guest host in a long time. The makeup artist moved to attempt to straighten up my hair. You want to give it a try? She seemed to go a little pale. No, I don't think so. Really? No, but, but I don't. How difficult could it be if I stepped in here with no experience and suddenly I had the most popular liberal news show? Pick up two? How good are you? I'm Tom. Three, two, one. How difficult could it be if I stepped in here with no experience and suddenly I had the most popular liberal news show? And then I did it again eight years later. She looked unconvinced. I mean, you already do the prep. What worries you? She looked away from me and mumbled. Prompter. I laughed. Did you say prompter? The prompter, the teleprompter. She looked away again. I, I don't think I could use it. I'm sorry, I said with mock anger. Have you padded your resume? Didn't you get one of them Rhodes scholarshipy things and you go over to England to study stuff and you think you can't learn how to use a teleprompter? For God's sake, I learned to use a teleprompter in 10 minutes from Stuart effing Varney at CNN. There's nothing to it but practice. Rachel was not convinced. I said, get made up, come into the studio, sit with me off camera. I'm just sitting in there reading the show off the teleprompter. Watch, you'll see. And let me ask you this. If you knew how to use the teleprompter, if you already knew, would you want to try hosting? Her eyes got a little smaller and she seemed nervous. And very quietly, Rachel Maddow said, yes. We would travel a million bureaucratic miles and a year together before we actually sat down for prompter school. After one of her guest hits on a Monday edition of Countdown, she and I... And to their credit, Countdown's technical director, Brian Nailsnick, and much of the crew stayed for an extra half an hour. We put two cameras and two monitors almost next to each other so she could read the prompter along with me 
or watch the other monitor to see where my eyes were as I read from the prompter. And then after a while, we fixed it so I could read along with her or watch the other monitor to see where her eyes were as she read. We read my scripts. We read scripts that she had written. I gave her the Tom Snyder prompter trick. Okay, here's the Tom Snyder prompter trick. Try to see and read entire sentences, not individual words. Focus your eyes not on the pane of plastic where the words are projected, but focus several inches beyond it where the lens actually is in the camera. I told her, tonight, this is your freshman year. Tomorrow will be sophomore, Wednesday's junior, Thursday's senior, Friday's graduation, and also the homecoming football game in grad school and the Alumni Association will be hitting you up for your money on Saturday. Rachel Maddow came in every night that week to practice overcoming her biggest fear, the teleprompter. I stayed late again on Friday. What do you think? Rachel asked me. Who cares? I answered. What do you think? She straightened her practice script by tapping it against the anchor desk, like an anchor does, and said, I think this is the greatest invention in the history of mankind. I've done all the damage I can do here. Thank you for listening. Countdown has come to you from our studios high atop the sports capsule building in New York. Here are the credits. Most of the music arranged, produced, and performed by Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel, who are the Countdown musical directors. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray. Produced by TKO Brothers. Other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by the group No Horns Allowed. Sports music is the Olbermann theme from ESPN2, and it was written by Mitch Warren Davis, courtesy of ESPN Inc. Musical comments by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. Our announcer today was my friend Kenny Main. Everything else was pretty much my fault. That's Countdown for this, the 958th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Arrest him again while we still can. The next scheduled countdown is tomorrow. Bulletins as the news warrants. Till then, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 